Hello, welcome back to the National Association for Primary Education podcast. My name is Mark Taylor. I'm the Vice Chair of NAEP. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Just before we get started with our interview, I wanted to mention a couple of things which we've been working on recently. You may remember that a couple of months ago we had our Christian Schiller lecture, which was presented by Nancy Stewart. Um, And this was entitled, Cherishing the Growth of Young Children, What Early Years Education Can Be. Thank you to everyone who was there in person or if you watched it online. But I'm really pleased to say that we now have a recording of this event on our YouTube channel. You can find a link of this in the show notes. So just go and click through to that and that will take you straight to that video. So I'm really excited to be able to share that. And we want to, to get as many people as possible involved in early years to really understand exactly what Nancy was talking about in terms of this message. But just what an inspiration it is for early years and really understanding young children and what we can do to support them and give them the environment that they need really to thrive. We have two more online events coming up in this summer term. The first is related to well-being and mental health and this is to support our year sixes as they transition to secondary school and I'm going to be chatting to Sam Moynier from Student Breakthrough about how we can we can go about this the best we possibly can and hopefully give you some, some help and support and, and some tips to, to make this transition as easy as possible. And that's a Twilight event on May the 16th. And on June the 13th, I'm going to be chatting to Ellie Jackson. And she's the author of the book series Wild Tribe Heroes. And we're going to be launching a writing festival where you can ask your pupils to write a story based on the environment, ocean plastics, climate change. Um, and we'll give you the option of being able to send these through to us. And we're going to pick a handful of these to read out on the podcast and also get some printed in our journal primary first so for all information related to that you can go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events and again we'll have links to that in the show notes today i'm chatting to dr sarah collins and she's going to be chatting to me about nature premium now the idea of nature premium is to guarantee regular time in nature for all children and young people with additional funding and support to level up those with the least access to nature The impact of COVID-19 on mental health, the demands of young people in response to COP26 and the climate and biodiversity crisis mean we urgently need a nature premium to help our children grow up greener. So Sarah's going to be explaining exactly what the nature premium is, how it's working, how the campaign is going and exactly how you can get involved. So I really hope you enjoy this. This is Dr. Sarah Collins talking to me about nature premium. Hello, I'm delighted to welcome Sarah Collins, and she's going to be talking about naturepremium.org. And one of the things that is so important for NAEP is a a child-focused, a child-centered idea of education. And I think there are so many of us that believe that doesn't necessarily look like being in a classroom for seven hours a day with very little movement and and generally stuck in artificial light. So this is going to be an important and hopefully an inspirational conversation about how it can look different. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the invitation. So let's start with exactly what is Nature Premium and, and how did you get involved and, and what does it mean to you? Uh, the Nature Premium is a campaign calling for um, all children to have a guarantee of regular time in nature uh, with additional funding for those children that need it most. Um, so during lockdown one, um, I'm a, I'm a, a director of Forest School Association. We were having a meeting and talking about um, the impact on children, it was very obvious that there was an inequity of access to nature. Some of the children that we work with um, were not getting out at all. Um, and we were just generally concerned about their welfare. Uh, and one of the directors said, uh, what we need is a nature premium. So on a similar financial model to the sports premium, 
um, but for nature. And so um, I went away and um, spoke to Sarah Lawful, who's the other co-lead, and um, we uh, talked it through with the Forest School Association directors, and they um, supported the idea of taking on a political campaign. So um, it really started out of concern for getting children into nature. So just explain um, a little bit, because, of course, people's access to nature, I guess, is going to be different depending on, on where they live, if they're in an urban area or or, or in the countryside. So um, so in terms of what you're trying to achieve, obviously, from the political standpoint and, and, and the financial standpoint, but what does that look like in terms of getting into nature, like, say, and spending that time? Um, well, uh, we've used a very broad definition of nature um, because... Um, each school is going to have its own unique setting and uh, the children will have had unique um, experiences. So um, what we are proposing is that um, a financial um, money will go to the each school and the head will make the decision that's right for the children in front of them. So the definition of nature could be gardening, it could be um, uh, pond dipping, planting trees, forest school, um, conservation work, urban farms, beekeeping, chickens. Yeah, we, we think there's a, a huge range that's available. Um, so if you have a school that's near a wood, obviously that's a fantastic resource. And we're working with the um, Royal Society of Forestry um, and their landowners. Um, if, if you have a school um, that's urban, I'm, I'm based in Portsmouth. I work with some schools that don't have any any um, green space around them. Um, they have um, uh, housing 100% around them, but there is a local park uh, within a five-minute walk. So um, my proposal would be that the school would use that park. It's in completely enclosed, um, but we need a little bit of creativity to make it happen um, that works for the children and for the uh, for the staff. So. Um, it may be that there's a need for renting a portaloo and the school has the key. You know, simple things like that. Um, when I, when we have taken children out to the park before the pandemic hit, um, there was a local um, pub that uh, the occasional child could be whisked away to to save them having to go all the way back to school. Um, so it's we, we, we think that there's a need to be a little bit creative about what's around you um, and um, to suit the needs of, of the children. And you mentioned the pandemic there, of course, that was sort of key in terms of how all of this was was put together. Um, so tell me a little bit about what your experience is in terms of of how the needs have changed or, or how that kind of is, is given a focus to, to the importance of being outside. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I've been um, uh, obviously thinking a lot about um, getting children connected with nature. And when I was young, um, I'm, uh, I'm 57, so I'm, um, I'm old enough to remember being allowed to wander off on my own uh, with my brother and friends, going to the local wood and um, generally exploring. Um, and uh, the primary school I went to, uh, the head teacher was very keen on natural history. Um, you know, toads, there was um, an iguana, rabbits and, and guinea pigs. You know, there's a whole range of, uh, of animals. Um, and those are the sort of experiences I have in my family. We went for walks during the summer holidays. Uh, we went camping. Um, and then I, I um, looked at uh, studying biology. 
um, and carried on working in, in forestry where I did my PhD. So um, I generally have those references. Um, when my son was born, I wanted him to have that sort of experience as well. Um, and um, it, to be honest, it, uh, I had no real knowledge of children up until that point. But I, so I saw his friends um, and I saw um, the uh, children that were, when I, when I took him to the youth groups and things, uh, saw their experiences. Um, so going out into a wood with um, uh, a youth club and introduced them to the wood, a child came up to me and said, is this a real wood? And I really didn't know how to answer her because um, it was so obvious to me, but it was also obvious that it was a completely new experience that she never had. So we were very aware before the um, pandemic that there was um, a lack of um, connection with nature. Um, so one of the sites I work with, um, for example, I let the grass grow long and um, uh, class walked in and the girl said, well, this grass needs cutting, doesn't it? And I was saying to her, does it, does it really? Um, and then you could have a conversation as to, um, you know, why that might be and what their expectations are and um, what my expectations are. Um, but since the pandemic, um, even things like um, uh, children uh, kneeling to uh, make some toast over uh, at a fire pit, um, I mean, it's definitely improving now, but straight after the, the lockdowns, um, the children didn't have the muscle strength to be able to hold in a knee position, you know, and it was, it was quite shocking in a way to see the impact it had on them. So our, our aim is to, um, to support children's um, mental well-being. We want children to understand that there's a very simple way of, of um, keeping yourself happy um, and uh, by moving about outside in a, a natural environment, it's good for your muscle tones and your coordination and your resilience. And that's um, something that we feels very important for uh, children to experience. And how's the feedback been in terms of, of the schools themselves? Is it something they're looking to embrace? Um, is it something which is an added extra in terms of actually getting out of the school gates as opposed to just being in the classroom? Um, so what's your experience with that? And I guess it may well be quite a mix depending on the outlook of, of any given school. Well, you're right. Um, and the, the point that we've made to the Department for Education um, is that um, some schools uh, take children out into uh, the natural world and they do an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and they, um, there's so much commitment to give um, children such broad experiences um, uh, and the whole school focus on the value of nature. Uh, and there are some schools that, that don't do anything. Um, and so our argument all, all the way along is that it needs the message from the Department of Education to say this is a priority, um, this is of value to um, children and to the staff to spend time in, in the natural world. Um, it's uh, Sadly, it's, um, it's a uh, skill and a benefit that we've forgotten um, and there's almost, it's almost shocking that um, the evidence has had to be produced to convince people that spending time in, in nature is good for us. Um, we The disconnect is so much that we seem to have forgotten that we are animals. Um, so we need uh, schools to, to um, understand that uh, it needs to, 
I believe it needs to be a priority um, for all children. Because when you're talking about supporting a child's mental well-being, it's very difficult to say um, you but not you. you know, it's a right, I believe, for all children to, to understand how they fit into the world and um, and how they can um, they can manage their own well-being. And I guess the important thing about it coming through school is the fact that children are in school so whatever that touch point is like you say in each school will be individual in terms of how they can use the money to to kind of to to make it a reality like I say whether it's a wood whether it's a park or, or whatever the situation is that it does sort of broadly encompass everybody and 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 that I guess is something which is really important for education generally in terms of we want a nice broad experience a nice broad environment um, which we, we know with the, the curriculum can be narrowed somewhat at the moment and that kind of thing. So I, I think the idea of if you have to tag on well-being as something which people suddenly go, oh, yes, we need to make sure we do that. Like I say, the reality that it should just be part and parcel of our life because it's integral to who we are. Of course, it's going to have a lot of benefit. But until we know that or until we can tag it into that education system, it's... um it doesn't necessarily get picked up in that same way. And like I say, if you can grab everyone within the school um, by doing that, it's going to, it's going to make a big difference. And, and you, you mentioned before in terms of um, sort of having sort of data and, and sort of reports and, and, and documentation in terms of that. Uh, what, what, what's, what sort of experience have, have you got with that in terms of having those conversations with the department to say, look, we really can see what, what's been happening. Well, the department of education um, fully accept that spending time in nature benefits children mental and physical well-being um, and DEFRA and Natural England are um, have actively been investing in um, getting children uh, connected to nature um, so um, connectivity or connecting to nature was part of the um, 25 years our green future policy document from DEFRA which has now become uh, law under the Environment Act 2021 we, we have moved from a, um, I, I guess, a position of resistance to post-pandemic, post post-COP26, post-reshuffle, um, that the, with the sustainable and climate change um, strategic document from the Department of Education, it's, uh, it, it's, I believe it's now an open door where the, the value of sustainable living and um, uh, giving children agency to address climate change, giving them the understanding as to, to how we all as individuals fit into nature and how our individu individual decisions uh, impact the natural world, That's it's it's just going to, we're at the point now where we can make, actually make it happen, I believe. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love this sort of, the round of, of these sorts of conversations that we have here, because on, on the 13th of June, we have our the start of our festival writing festival which is going to be about ocean plastic and climate change and, and sort of inviting children to write about this and and i think that sort of two-handed idea of the experience of what it's like the benefit of like say maybe being able to be outside more than traditionally they were during the school and then being able to let us know as adults as people who are trying to set that environment to to really explain yeah this really makes a difference to me and explain it in that child-centered way and I think that's that's something which is hard to to get to the bottom of sometimes and I think the more we can hear that and the more we can really get those stories into what education is all about then the easier it is for us then to kind of tailor it in a way which is going to be the most benefit 
Well, one of the um, key points, I think, is in terms of the connection. It's not just about um, being able to identify a tree or, or, or to be able to identify a, a type of flower. It's about the inspiration that, and the, the joy that natural, um, the natural world gives us. Um, and, I, and it's okay to, for that to happen. You know, it doesn't have to be, a, this is a STEM subject. Um, the inspiration um, in terms of, um, it's the eudynomic um, uh, feeling of good to be alive um, that nature gives us is, is, I think, is sufficient a reason for doing it. But um, you know, if you if you're going out into the natural world onto onto a beach or you have a concern about plastics, um, then that there is that inspiration for um, children to write, draw pictures, um, and that because the the um, the interest develops, then it's it's a um, it's an uh, encouragement for them to find out more, to learn more. Um, children are enjoying themselves; they're relaxing, um, and and they have a, a, a deeper level of learning. I think. Yeah, and that's um really something which I wholeheartedly support as a musician myself. I see so often it's that kind of how can we how can we tie in music to this particular topic or this particular thing and it's just like just do music because music is music and 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 all the benefits that come from that you know in terms of expression and creativity and 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 it just being what it is and the the pure joy that children get from being involved in music that's it <laughs> yeah I, you, that's just a, that's the important factor yeah so you give a, a child a couple of sticks and they start um um drumming and you know then then lots of music happens and, and again I, I play the French horn so I'm uh, equally as passionate about um, getting children um, to, to make music uh, wherever they are. Really. So for people listening who, who want to get involved, who want to support it, what what can they do and sort of what's the, the outcome that you're, you're trying to achieve and, and what sort of time frame do you have for it? Um, well we've been, uh, when we started off we were working um, uh, contacting decision makers and, and political influencers um, and we're, we're very pleased to be um, working with the Ashton Trust who have um, given us some financial support but also they, we've been working very closely with them because um, they have um, a wide range of um, connections so the Ashton Trust is part of the Sainsbury's charitable foundations uh, and they fund um, education initiatives and projects um, around climate change. So they, they have um, a very broad um, uh, base of, of connections. And um, it's with working with them has, has meant that we've gotten to a position where um, we've uh, got a meeting now with Nadim Zahawi on the 5th of May to talk about how we might implement a trial of the Nature Premium. So we're not talking about generating evidence that time in nature is good for you because that's being proved with government's research as well as um, copious amounts of academic research. What we'd like to trial is um, how it might be implemented within a, a school and education system because we're very aware that um, it's important. We know the work that teachers do. We know um, the demands that are on them. We don't want to put them under more pressure. Um, so we want to to find a way that um, the system could be um, uh, established within a, a school and so uh, the teachers have the support 
um, and the resources to, to do the job properly. We've been talking about um, a model that's come from the um, Robinson Foundation uh, called Social Bridging Finance and it's designed to change policy at scale uh, and to provide sustainable funding. So you have three partners, you have a public body which could be the Department of Education, you have um, the people who are actually doing the, um, the trial which would be the schools and um, a third party to um, introduce or to and facilitate and coordinate, which say for example is Nature Premium. You sit down at the very beginning and you agree key outcomes, which could be um, improved mental well-being, um, it could be uh, simple as improved uh, attendance at schools, because we know that's a very disruptive um, aspect of, of learning. Uh, it would need to be agreed from the Department of Education and uh, the schools and the Nature Premium, but once that's set, um, then uh, the work is funded through um, philanthropists giving money to the schools to work through a trial. And when the key outcomes are achieved, the um, public body agrees to then fund the work on a sustainable level. The advantage of the system is that it takes the risk away from the public body because if the key outcomes are not achieved, they walk away and they haven't lost anything. So um, this is a system that we're proposing at the moment um, and we're looking for schools that um, might have an interest in trying to uh, implement the nature premium in their setting which will be unique. So um, we have worked with some schools who have um, benchmarks of success and, and uh, they're able to share their expertise. So it could be a school with absolutely no knowledge but who want to be who are interested in, in making start through to a school that's already um, highly expert highly expert because obviously there will be benefits to those children as well so the idea is that each school would um, receive a chunk of money and um, we sort of um, based that around the sports premium because that was an accepted financial model with the sports premium you get sixteen thousand pounds for 16 children and then you have £10 per head on top of that. With the nature premium, we want to add an extra um, aspect, which is additional funding for schools that are in deprived areas. Because otherwise, if each school gets the same amount of money, then the, the level of inequity, either to access or to uh, equipment or, or um, just life experiences, is, is going to be maintained. So we want additional funding to, to help those schools that really need it and the children that really need it. Uh, we'd be interested in hearing from any um, schools that the expressions of interest as to whether they will be prepared to be part of a trial. Um, no guarantees at the moment, obviously, because we're talking to the um, Medine Zahawi on, on the 5th of May, um, and it's a, bit, it's a little bit chicken and egg, because if we have the Department of Education's blessing, then we are in a strong position to um, obviously to work with the schools. We're hoping that at that point um, we'll have a, a way forward. Um, and um, I mean, I, I I can't really speak for the um, uh, the way the Department of Education would would react. It's not going to be a, a yes no because um, the Nature Premium really would support the. The new sustainable sustainability and climate change strategy 
in that um, one of the key actions is around the uh, National um, Education and Nature Park um, and the Nature Premium would be a fantastic way of funding that sort of work so whatever happens on the 5th of May we'll be carrying on um, but well you know if it's not um, if it's not an all systems go we'll be uh, working out how to make it work um, the best we can from that point on. Well, it sounds like it's it's incredibly well put in place with a, with a, with a great idea and 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 like say a format and and a, a way of actually giving it the best opportunity possible. And, and I hope that meeting goes goes incredibly well for for the benefits of everybody. Um, so, if people are wanting to get involved, like you said, or at least to make some contact, is it best to go to naturepremium.org and leave their details through there? Uh, I think if my emails in the podcast. Are- be welcome to um, drop me a line and um, give them the information we have so far, and then we can um, we can take things further after the beginning of May when we know what our next um, phase is. Fantastic. So yeah, if, if you if you check the show notes of the podcast, we'll make sure that Sarah's email's there, and, and you can get in contact and get all the details that you need. Sarah, thank you so much for coming and, and telling us about it. Like I said at the beginning, you know, anything which is supporting children to be children, to thrive as children and, and to give them the best environment they can now and, and for the future, I think um, it's incredibly important and we're well privileged to be able to help support it and uh, and wish you the, the very best as, as it progresses in the future. Well, that's, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And we, we do appreciate the support. Um, I think the key point is um, it's about... It's an idea. We're not an organisation. We're a group of volunteers. Um, it's it's an idea, and it's about children. Um, so it, it's if you had to design a campaign, it's almost a, a perfect um, campaign to start off with, in that it's a corker of an idea, um, and it's uh, you know, it's about the next generation. And um, I think anyone who has a child or was a child ought to invest in this. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much indeed. It's been um, fascinating chatting to you. And and just as as a final note, you know, we talk about what we want education to look like, and I think obviously nature is such an important part of that. But I think just that the ideas and the way that we can influence these things and and with a real plan and focus makes a difference. And like I say, as a campaign and, uh, and as a guiding light to show that hopefully people will get involved in this, but also any other campaigns and things that people want to do to, like I say, to put children first. So yeah, thank you so much indeed. Thank you.